The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. And sometimes those become one and the same. You are a dream. It's true. I'm your host, Dr. Dream, a.k.a. Kelly Sullivan Walden, and I'm so happy to be with you here today on Unity Online Radio. And I am I'm actually while this is airing, I'm going to be in Teotihuacan, Mexico. So I am learning how to be in two places at once. So as I'm with you, I will be in Teotihuacan. And that's why I'm not giving you a number to call in live. But um, I want your spirit to be alive while you're listening to this awesome interview. And this is the perfect person to be talking to while I'm in Teotihuacan. It's Heather Ash Amara. I'm just imagining all the applause happening. The stadium goes wild. She, (laughs) (laughs) Heather Ash, Heather Ash. She, (laughs) she is the warrior goddess, mama, and creatrix of the warrior heart practice. She's dedicated to inspiring depth, creativity, and joy. Oh yeah, joy with a capital J by sharing the most potent tools from a variety of world traditions. She was raised in Southeast Asia. It's so funny to be talking about you in the third person while you're sitting here, Heather Ash, but I'm doing it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Heather Ash has traveled the world from childhood and is continually inspired by the diversity and beauty of human expression and experience. She brings this open-hearted inclusive worldview to her writings and her teachings. Heather Ash is the author of numerous best-selling books, including Warrior Goddess Training, which I love, Warrior Goddess Wisdom, The Seven Secrets to Happy and Healthy Relationships. What a concept. With Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. And her newest release, The Warrior Heart Practice. It just came out. Her website is heatherashamara.com. And she's got some special things to share with us about a new workshop she's doing on the Shift Network, which we'll talk about how you can get some insight into that. And, And there's so much good in store for you. So buckle up. Wave your hands in the air like you just don't care, but I know you really do care. So let's just open our hearts and embrace Heather Ashamara. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Kelly. So really wonderful, wonderful to be here with you. So wonderful to be here with you, you globetrotter, you. Okay, so I am lusting over your Warrior Heart Practice book. I am so loving it. It's drenched in beauty and love and freedom. People almost don't have to read it, but of course I want them to. They can like put it under their pillow and dream on it, which is what I did last night. And I had the most amazing (laughs) dreams. And it's just got, it's like you could just fan the pages and feel the freedom just coming out of this. All right, so let's just dive right in. Let's talk about what inspired you to write The Warrior Heart Practice. 
what inspired me was witnessing a friend of mine suffering. Mm. So I had a really dear friend who was telling me the story of angst and upset and how hard his life was and how difficult the situation was. And I looked at him and I was like, honey, that's actually not what happened. Actually, this is what happened. I was there and he would like kind of wake up and go, oh, you're right. Oh my gosh, I'm telling myself this story. If it isn't even true, I feel better. And then he'd go on with his day. And literally two days later, he'd come back to me with the same old story with Mm -hmm. the same amount of pain. And this kept happening. And I watched him and I realized so often as humans, we get stuck in our stories. We get hooked. We keep going back to them over and over again, even if we know it's not true or we can't see through them. So the third round of going through this with him, I opened my heart and I said, is there any way I can help my friend? Is there anything I can do to help him stay in the truth? And literally this process dropped into my being fully formed. Mm. And I was like, okay, let's try that. And, and that was, and so did you ago. do it? So did you do it? Did he, did he receive it? Cause just because the Holy grail drops down, doesn't mean everybody receives it, but did he transform? He transformed that piece of it for sure. So it helped him to mm. unwind that particular story. And mm. Since then, I've been using it with a lot, using it with myself constantly, using it with a, a lot of different people, a lot of different experiences. And what we found is that, you know, I was teasing the other night. It's like it's the warrior heart practice. It's not the mm-hmm. warrior heart finish. Ooh. You're not going to do it Ooh. once and it be done, which is what we hope, right? I'll just find a tool that I can use once and I never have to use it again. And my life right. is perfect. That would be called a magic a, wand. Right? That would be called exactly. It's called and it's a practice. So it's an incredible tool to help us untangle feelings from story, story from truth, and learn how to live in the truth more and more in our lives. Mm. Well, I have to say, personally, I love your use of the word warrior. Um, And personally, my name, Kelly, means warrior in Celtic. So I'm like, yeah. And I remember once being in a yoga class, and they were talking about how there's all these warrior poses. And Yoga is such a gentle practice, and yet there's warrior one, warrior two, warrior three. And they were saying that it's like in order to in order to become who we are capable of, we have to flip upside down. It's like turning a pyramid upside mm-hmm. down on its mm-hmm. head and become like it takes will and intent. And so so what does the warrior energy mean to you? It really is that commitment, courage, perseverance, incredible patience. It's our willingness to go through the discomfort Mm. to create the change. Right. Even though we could say, like using your friend as an example, even though I have my own examples where I'm exactly like your friend and I've got a host of friends and clients that are exactly like the friend you were having lunch with that day that have the story which feels comfortable because it's familiar, but it's so uncomfortable. It's like a familiar blanket, but it's a a blanket of thorns, but it's like, oh, but I'm familiar. I know exactly how it feels to be miserable like this. So it's like, giving up that discomfort, the familiar discomfort for a different kind. Why are we so resistant to that little bit of discomfort to change out of this thorny blanket of our stories, our disempowering stories? Mm, I, in the beginning of the book, I talk about the Toltec cosmology, which is a big picture map. How did we get how we, mm. where we are now? Oh yeah. And let's I go into the map. This vision Tell us that, 
the, the map is really simple and it's, it can be really profound. So each of us have what we call a big soul. That is our connection to the divine, our openness, our, that sense of wonder that we're all born with. I see, we see so much in little, little kids. And that's a part of us that knows it's not separate. So it's the part of us that's connected to the divine. So big soul. Then there's a part of us that's our little soul. And the little soul is ego, personality, the part of us that perceives itself as separate. And when we're young, the little soul and the big soul are holding hands. They're connected. The little soul is referring and reflecting to the big soul. Like, what do I do? Oh, life is great. Let's go play. Mm. But at a certain point, we disconnect. And that little soul self, how I vision it is it's like the little soul gets lost in a marketplace mm. and it starts thinking, oh my God, I have to figure everything out and I have to keep myself safe and I have to figure out how to navigate this chaos. And so the little soul starts making up rules of who it's supposed to be or how the world is supposed to be and then frantically tries to manage. The big soul is still there. The big soul is like, hello, right here, right here. <laughs> The little soul's attention has gotten hooked by the rules and the beliefs and trying to stay safe. Mm, so really, yeah. our work is to reconnect the little soul with the big soul by holding the little soul. You know, sometimes people go in and go like, well, let's just kill the ego. Let's push that part of us aside. Let's ignore that right. part of us that's hurting or that's scared. And that doesn't work in the long run. It may look like it works in the short run, but it doesn't work in the long run. Right, because then you're you become like a house divided against itself that can't stand. It's like there's a part of me that is inherently evil or bad. Let me get rid of it, but it doesn't go away. So I love that you I really love and I acknowledge you for coming to with all your wisdom, coming to that the little soul is really like to to think of it as a as a precious little child that's gotten lost as opposed to a devil or this like evil monster that wants you your doom. No, it's a scared little child. So bravo to you because I feel like we that that feels a lot more helpful and that could expedite our process of healing a lot more when we don't see it as this adversary. Yes. Yeah, and we realize it's scared, it's acting out. And right. the same way if you had a dog that's been injured or a horse that's been injured, they may even growl at you and try and bite you. They're mm. hurt. And right. if you really get that about yourself and about other people, you don't take yourself so personally or you don't take other people's responses so personally because you know, mm. wow, there's a wound there. That must really hurt. Oh, my God. I so love that you use the example of the child in the marketplace that's lost because it's so relatable. I think all of us have some child place like that. I'm remembering on a Halloween, I was with my dad at the police department. He worked, he was a policeman and I went to the bathroom. <laughs> I was like five and I went to the, mm -hmm. it was a big girl's bathroom because it was the only one they didn't have a kid's bathroom. And I right. locked, I locked myself into the stall. I couldn't figure out how to unlock the door from the inside. And mm. I got stuck in there for a long time and I was screaming and yelling and no one could hear me. Finally, they came in and they were like, Kelly, just turn it like this. And I was like crying because I couldn't figure it out. Finally, someone with a ladder comes in. <laughs> they had to climb into the oh. stall. And it was like, <laughs> and I literally, often when I go to the bathroom in a public place, I'll remember, okay, how do I, I'll open and shut the door a couple of times <laughs> to make sure I don't yes, get locked. Make sure. <laughs> exactly. But, but it, 
but it gives me a compassion for myself, for the part of me that gets lost and forgets and gets controlling and, and acts crazy. It's like, really, it's that same little girl that just got locked in by her own making. (laughs) And and there was plenty of love and support all around. It was really just probably a matter of minutes before I was unlocked. But thank you for telling that story and for bringing in some of your child stories in this book, because you are someone who so has it all together and you're so amazing. But I love it. I love to hear these stories of your child self because it's so relatable. And I think it it helps us all to access our own. And that I feel like also expedites the healing practice. So, all right. So let's go into the steps of the warrior practice. I love steps. I feel like it's something we can grab a hold of and, and take with us. So tell us about the steps of the warrior heart practice. There's four chambers of the heart. And we, we know all four chambers are important. You don't go, my left ventricle chamber, I like the best. <laughs> so the, the foundation of the warrior heart practice is that there's four chambers that we work with that each of them are important and valid. And the first chamber is the feeling chamber. So anytime that you're upset, you're confused, you're scared, that you stop. And the first question is, what am I feeling now? What's really important about the practice is that we separate out the feeling from the story because for most of us the feeling and the story is really tangled together Mm. and so this process invites you to just feel your feelings without telling yourself the story about why you're feeling your feelings and it takes practice to learn Mm. how to do that so what am i feeling get quiet listen what's the sensation in the body You don't try to fix it or change it or understand it. You just feel it. Mm. Then once you've, once you've let yourself settle into the feelings and we can talk a lot. I mean, we're so good at exiting our feelings and carrying all these heavy baggage from the past. So this is a practice. So, but once you've, you've had that willingness to sit with your feelings, then you go to the story chamber. Okay, hold on. Question just, hang on. Hang on one second. Let's just stay with the feelings mm-hmm. for one second. Yeah. One, one of the stories that I love that you tell in in this section is about when you were young, moving from, you were moving to Singapore, and you had a boyfriend, and you needed to call him and tell him, "Oops, I'm moving. Got to go." And in order to do that, you kind of just went numb. So tell us about that, about that, and mm. the consequences of that. I think that's a beautiful and sweet and totally relatable story. I, you are, that is exactly my story, except I wasn't in Singapore or moving to Singapore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I moved, we moved a lot as a kid and this was probably our seventh move, I think, or eighth move. Wow. And yeah. And so what happened and I watched myself do this is I had to make this phone call. I was really upset. And before I picked up the phone, I just made the decision I'm not going to let this hurt. I'm moving. It's going to be okay. I'm just not, I'm done. I don't know how, I couldn't process it, the mm-hmm. amount of grief that I had. Mm. And so I just totally shut my emotional body down at that moment and mm. went numb. And it was, it was out of not knowing what else to do, but it had right. huge ramifications as an adult. How so? Because I wasn't in touch with my emotional body. I didn't know what I was feeling any longer. And what would happen is you can't, whenever you try to repress an emotion or say an emotion is bad, I shouldn't be having it. 
it's almost like you're trying to push a beach ball under the water and hold it there. Eventually it's going to come up mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of energy to hold it down. So basically I was spending a tremendous amount of energy to repress my emotions and then they come out sideways where I'd have, mm-hmm. I get upset about something and I'd have these huge crying jags for apparently no reason. Mm. Um, Mm. So I started realizing as an adult, okay, wait a minute, something's off balance inside of me. So that was my quest then to start to befriend my emotional body. And it took years to really make friends with it. Well, I love that this is that this is your I mean, you talk about, on the other hand, how some people are all too eager to express their emotions, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're moving through it. It means in some way, like we can go to the other extreme where you're just Mm -hmm. constantly appearing to be venting, but you're really rehashing, recycling and creating like a, this emotional, this, this other way that isn't healthy. So can you speak to that? Yeah. Spin cycle. So the emotions (laughs) and the feelings are tangled together. Either we have a story that I shouldn't have emotions. So our story is repressing our emotions. Or our stories and our feelings are tangled together. We mm. have a story that creates a feeling. The feeling then causes us to tell the story again. Telling ourselves a story, has, we have the feeling again. And so we just ping back and forth. We cycle the emotions or we spin the emotions. And, and that's not healthy either because it never changes. There's we a never friend, clear them. Right. It seems like there's, there's a friend of mine who had... Um, a traumatic assault when she was a teenager and she has shared the story of it. I've heard it being told very deeply and emotionally about a hundred times. And each Mm. time it's told with this beautiful emotion that it gets, and everyone who listens, if it's, if they're listening for the first time is weeping with her and in a way it, but I haven't seen it go away. And it seems almost Mm -hmm. like, there's this, she gets a lot of love and a lot of depth of people that love her because she's so courageous to tell this story. And, and I'm like, but she's told this so many times, like this is now her identity. It's, and I, and it's like, there's, you get some kudos, like there's something that she gets from it. And there's a price that she's paid in that there's a bunch of stuff that she wants to do in her life that she hasn't gotten to in many ways, I think, because there's the, because the spin cycle, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've witnessed that and I tend to be the other extreme. In fact, um, I mean, I have been one to very easily say, nope, not going to feel that inconvenient. I'll put that away until another day when I have the time and the luxury, <laughs> just not going to feel it now. And then when it comes out, I, it's totally inappropriate at the wrong person at the wrong time. <laughs> the person that gives me a ticket, one day somebody gave me a ticket and I leapt into this rage, like a dog that was like had rabies. And I was like, oh, I couldn't stop myself. It was like, oh, yes. oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, oh my God, it was, it was too late. It's like, I, it's like I attacked somebody who totally didn't deserve it. And I mean, I was, you know, that was a long time ago. It wasn't yesterday, <laughs> but, but, oh my God, do I feel horrible about that? Inappropriate. So we've got to find a way in real time to move through our emotions. Super big. This is important. It is. It's really important. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to get 
tools and information around how to start separating out the story from the feeling. Okay, how do we do how that? How to start cleaning up? How to start cleaning up the the spin cycle places and the repression places? It's mm. so valuable. Oh, so, so what? So how do we how do we do that? Well, I like to, to start with a visual. So if you imagine if you have a bunch of necklaces or a bunch of cords and you throw them in a bag. And then you yeah. walk around for about <laughs> three minutes. What happens? <laughs> Have you been hanging out with me? Whatever I take. Yeah, to it. <laughs> how did Julie. you know that's how I roll? Oh my God. Just exactly. throw it all in. I'll and figure it you, out later. Yeah. I'll figure it out later. And then you pull it out and you start to try and do it. And if you're frustrated or if you're like, this shouldn't be tangled, you're just going to make it worse because you start pulling and tightening it. And so to separate out the feeling from the story, you want to have that attitude of curiosity and like you're going to pull the different pieces and start to make space because really what we're doing is making space. And so when people are, are exploring the story chamber, you want to go in as an archaeologist that's incredibly patient, that's pulling the pieces apart, that's digging and slowly looking at the layers because the layers of the story, there's the presenting layer and then there's the deeper layers. So we want to get really curious, what am I telling myself? What's the story that's here? And be honest. Don't try and spiritualize it or make it better. Um, and, mm-hmm. and also, listen, what's at the depth of the story? Why am I telling myself this story? Mm. So curiosity is key. And it can be fun. Mm. Well, I love the visual of thinking of it like these these necklaces, then these beloved necklaces, these beloved bejeweled necklaces. And I don't want to break them, but I do want to wear them eventually and be able to have them without them having me. So I love that. It's not just this tangled mass of like seaweed or or just, you know, yucky old wires. It's like, eh, no, it's like a, it's something beautiful. And I love the story that you tell about being a little girl when you, when you broke or your sister broke the lamp and you got blamed for it. Can you share about that? Yeah. So the, the images of two little girls playing and one of them breaking a vase that shatters on the floor and mom coming home and saying, who broke my vase? And one girl saying, she did it. (laughs) And wait, no, I didn't do it. And mom going, you go to your room. And so to imagine what would it be like as a little kid that's just got blamed for something that you didn't do, how would you feel? And most of us, if you put ourselves in that situation, we would feel upset, we would feel misunderstood, we would feel scared, we would feel confused, like there's all of these things that we would have a reaction to, an emotional reaction. And the emotional reaction is normal, humans have no emotional reactions, but what we do next is what either solidifies that reaction or it allows us to free ourselves from it. What we do next is we tell ourselves a story. Mm. So you might make up a story. Well, I got in trouble because mom loves my sibling better or I should have lied faster. If I lied, that's how the world works. You got to lie quickly. <laughs> I should have lied faster. That's good. I should have lied faster, <laughs> but I know, right? Right. right. Or, Material objects are really important. And if I ever break anything, I'm going to, love is going to be withdrawn. You know, or if I play and I'm having fun, I'm going to get in trouble. So we make up stories that aren't true necessarily. And so if you imagine this, this little girl saying, mom loves my sibling more, mm. 
Mm. What happens is we go, let's say mom comes in and says, I'm so sorry. I had such a bad day at work. I've been really stressed. I know that your sister broke the vase. Come on, let's go to dinner. But you still have this little thing that's like, I think she loves her more. And you go to sit down at dinner and your mom passes the mashed potatoes to your sibling. Mm. In that moment, because we love being right, your mind can go, okay, I have evidence now. She does love that, you know, she does Mm -hmm. love my sibling more. Aha. And aha. Yeah. And there's this feeling sense of kind of like uh, elation almost of like, see, I'm right. Mm -hmm. And then later in the evening, if your mom passes you the carrot cake first, then you say, either you don't see it because it doesn't fit the story or you wrap it into the story. Oh, well, she's just feeling bad for me. So she's giving mm-hmm. you the cake for Oh God. So we're, oh. we're skilled. We are so skilled at the selective evidence gathering. Oh, we are experts at that. It's amazing how we can, and even like how there's still the flat earth society. Now it's like, you can skew, you can <laughs> yes. spin anything. It's like anything. You can, yeah. anything. All right. So we're going to take a break in just a couple minutes, but before we do, can you give us a little preview of coming attractions about what's going on with this big event that you're doing with the shift network? Yes, uh, January 29th, I'm doing a webinar on the warrior heart practice, and we're going deep into the practice and also doing a meditation to start to unwind specific things with people. So I'm very excited about it. And how can people find out about that? Through best place would be to go to, to my website, heatherashamara.com. Perfect. So they can go there no matter what to check out all your books and to, and mostly to get this live event with you through the shift network. And they always do such great presentations. So this will be a wonderful thing. So Heather Ash Amara, H-E-A-T-H-E-R-A-S-H-A-M-A-R-A.com. HeatherAshamara.com. So this will be, this is a warrior heart practice or what are you calling this? Discover the four chambers of your heart discover the four chambers of your heart and that would be your warrior heart okay so when we come back in just a moment after this little commercial break we're going to talk about the other two chambers of the heart and you don't want to miss these these are very very muy muy importante we're going to bring a little a little mexico from toltec teotihuacan (laughs) into that so don't go anywhere we will be right back Stay tuned on here on the Ask Dr. Dream Show on Unity Online Radio. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show here on Unity Online Radio. This is the place where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. And I am Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream. So happy to be with you. And I just want to remind you that the Ask Dr. Dream show is now available on all podcast platforms like Apple Play, 
iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever in God's name you get your podcasts. So just, you can go to the subscribe icon on my show page and subscribe there so you never miss an episode. And my show page is at unityonlineradio.org forward slash ask dash doctor, that's D-R, dash dream, unityonlineradio.org forward slash ask dash doctor dash dream. And you'll see the subscribe icons there under the picture and just click on it and you'll never miss an episode. And in case you haven't yet gotten them, the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle cards that have won multiple awards, yay, they're available, as well as the journal and the meditation. So make sure to start off your new year right and get your Hero's Journey dream self on. And um, I look forward to hearing how those work for you. I love it when people send me pictures on Instagram or Facebook of the picture of the of the Oracle card that they drew for themselves for the day. It's so much fun. Okay, so right before the break, I was talking with Heather Ash Amara. So excited. And I so love this woman. And um, we were talking about the warrior heart practice. That's her newest book. And it is juicy. I would say it's, I don't know, Heather Ash, you've every book you write, I love, but in this moment, this is my favorite. I mean, right out of the gate, it just hits me where I'm at. And even though it's like my, I guess my spiritual ego, and I think we're going to talk about spiritual snobbery later, my, our spiritual smugness, my spiritual smugness thinks I should know this stuff already. I don't need to read this, but I read it and I go, Oh my God, I needed to hear that. Oh, it just takes me to another level. So whoever you are listening, if you are, if you consider yourself on the spiritual mountaintop, or if you consider yourself in the valley below, wherever you're at, this book is going to rock your warrior heart and spirit. You need this book. It's so practical practical, and it so is elegant in that it combines Heather Ash's experiences from traveling all over the world, her work with Don Miguel Ruiz and so many other practices into such an elegant, simple form that is so digestible and so usable. And I really, I know this book is just going to soar. It's it's going to take off. So I'm so happy to have you. You were talking right before the break about the first two chambers of the heart, the feelings and the story chambers. So now let's get into the next two chambers. Take us to the next one. The next chamber is the truth chamber. And I see that there's, there's a line between the story and the truth chamber that you have to be willing to tell yourself the truth. And what a mm. lot of us do is go into the truth chamber, tell ourselves a better story, and call it the truth. Ooh. Ouch. So okay. how <laughs> do you know if it's the truth? That's the question. How do you know if it's the truth? And yeah. that's the story. Right. And the truth, there's a couple of ways. One, the truth is always incredibly simple. It's one sentence with a period at the end. So anytime you try justifying or you're blaming somebody else or you have a comma or semicolon in there, you're back to story. So give me an example. Simple. So let's say that I, I have a friend that's been late all the time and I'm feeling really unloved because they're late. So the story is, if they loved me, they would show up on time. I go to the truth chamber. The truth is, my friend is late. Period. <laughs> but what I probably will do is say, my friend is late and they're not respecting me. Wow. Right. Back in story. Mm. The truth is, they're late. Period. 
Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Oh, so the truth so is simple and the not truth is a little more convoluted mm-hmm. and yeah. got a little victim drips and drops in there. I love yeah. the Byron Katie perspective that that she said that ultimately when people ask her what's true, because on some level, everything could be empirical. It's hard to say exactly what is mm-hmm. empirically true. She says, if it brings me peace and freedom, then it's true. And I think, oh, if that fits for her, then it fits for me. So does this story I'm telling, this person's late and therefore they don't respect me, does that bring me peace and freedom? No. But if they're late, I I can find some peace and freedom around that. So I like that. Yeah, so exactly. what are what are other ways to tell the difference between truth and not truth? The other way is to pay attention to your body. Mm-hmm. What I know is that our beings, our soul, our big soul, our higher self, our wisdom knows what's true, can tell the difference between truth and story. And so even if the truth is something that you don't like or you wish wasn't true, when you come to a truth, your body will relax and open. Mm. You'll have this like, ah, uh, yeah, that's it. There's that sense of peace. So that's another way that you can tell. Is it simple? And does, it, does my body relax. And you might have a different way that your body lets you know this is true. So that's something that you can explore in yourself. Right, right. Like some people might feel some kind of joy or some kind of elation. It seems like sometimes there's a tug of war, like um, conflicting needs. Like I'm thinking about a thing that I'm kind of grappling with about um, co-writing something versus doing it on my, doing this project on my own. And I've always, I've been a solo act for a long time. And I've done some collaborative projects that have been, that I haven't like, I don't know, I don't want to get into the whole story, but there's some part of me that's like, well, what I get out of working with somebody else is that there's joy along the way. But then there's the challenge of, oh my God, but it can get complicated and there can be egos. And uh." so it's kind of like there's, so how, how could you, could you help me find truth inside of that paradigm? Yeah. So what you would start with, we'll just walk you through really quick is the feeling of, oh, the, the dread or the, it's not, it's going to be complicated. Or what's the feeling when you think about collaborating with somebody else and what could happen based on experience, but not yeah. necessarily truth. Right. Right. <laughs> well, right. The PTSD that I have around it is just, it, it just feels painful. It just feels like I'm walking into the possibility of a snake pit. And why would I do that? Yeah. 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 So that's story too. Yes. And <laughs> so easy to do. Oh my God. It's so easy to do. And again, based in experience doesn't mean it's true. It's going to be true in the future. Let me put it this way. Right. It means it was yeah. true in the past. That was cool. your experience. Yes. Okay. That so. feels, that gives me peace and freedom that that happened in the past. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you step into the truth, you can, you can say, Sometimes collaborations are difficult, period. Right. Oh, that also feels in my body clear, like a crystal bell. Ding. Yeah. Ding. Yeah. And then sometimes collaborations are fun. Also ding. Yeah. Also Also true. true. And then what else can you see is true? Anything else? Mm. Wow. 
I, I'm noticing, I mean, how there's this, it feels like this warrior part of me that's not afraid of anything, but I'd rather not, I'd rather have things be simple. I'd rather have things flow. And if that means I'd rather be alone and do it and have it be simple, then I think, I feel like I, I'd rather have it be simple than complicated. So that's something I know to be true. I prefer simplicity Mm -hmm. over complicated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Period. End of story. Period. End of story. Yeah. Simplicity versus complexity. And so what you can do is with that information, go to your, the intent chamber, the next chamber, once you've seen the truth. And for those of you, like Mm -hmm. sometimes we're so caught up in the story, we cannot find the truth at all. And what I invite people to do is to say, I am breathing, period. Right. That's your truth right now. That might be all you can see, but you can start there. I am breathing. Right. And then once you have a truth, you go to the intent chamber. Oh, you can yes. see as you go through the practice, it gets simpler, more and more simple. So mm-hmm. your intent is one word. Oh, okay. So it's going to be your laser focus North Star so your word might be simplicity. Your word might be creativity. Your word might be joy. Your it's word contribution. Might be it's like contribution, contribution with a capital C. Okay, yeah. perfect. Contribution. And then just feel that for a moment, that feeling sense of contribution, how it feels in your body. Yeah, it feels warm and tingly and sparkling and power and it also like I feel strong and good and aligned and a bunch of other really positive things (laughs) nice so now imagine that you can hold the hands of contribution that's going to be your ally that's your your guide and now you're going to walk back into the truth chamber Mm -hmm. so you're holding contribution and now you're going to hold hands with Simple versus complexity. I want simple instead of complex. Good. Okay. You're going to hold hands with sometimes collaboration is difficult. Sometimes it's fun or whatever your, your wording of that is. Mm. Ooh, I love this. And what I just felt was, oh, this is so good. This is awesome stuff, Heather Ash. Oh my God. (laughs) I felt the connection to contribution. It felt almost like a lightning rod that permeates through all of the stories and all the other like trauma. And it feels so strong that it's holding hands with simplicity and I feel like it continues to hold hands. So even if I choose to collaborate I feel like I'm like simplicity can be connected and ultimately it feels like this just kind of shoots through all the rest of the, the fog of the story. I all of a sudden feel like, yeah, I can, I can choose collaboration or not either way. Simplicity leads to, I don't know. It just feels like there's this sudden streamline of energy that connects with the North star, like the contribution. So I don't feel in the should I stay or should I go, you know, that like song from the kinks or whoever saying that should I stay or should I go? No, <laughs> I feel like I'm out of that. And it feels like there's this whole other thing. So it doesn't matter what I do. I feel like 
either way, I'll be okay. Either way, it's going to work. Yeah, because you know what your focus is. And you can stay true to that. Yes. Oh, my God. So this is why I think the fourth chamber intent, it's kind of like saving the best for last, but you can't get to it until you've cleared the space with these other chambers. Like you can't, like I couldn't even feel intent really until I moved through these other things. So tell us more about the power of intent and why you save it for last. In order to get clear about your intent, like you said, you need some space to Mm -hmm. be able to get, like to be almost like an eagle to get the highest perspective and say, all right, what do I want to bring back? And the power of really naming what your intent is, is a lot of times too, we have no idea what we actually want. (laughs) We're like, I know what I don't want. Yeah. But the question is, what do you want? And it takes courage to claim that. And so to, to first have the truth, to be out of the story and to be in that truth chamber, you have more spaciousness, which then allows you from that place of space to see the biggest picture and to get clear, oh, right, this is where I want to put my attention and my energy. And you then commit to it. And that's mm-hmm. what makes it magic is when you circle back and you go back through the chambers, mm-hmm. you now have allies and you have your commitment you don't need to know how you're going to bring contribution in but you know that's what you want that's the quality that you're going for and so when you then go back to the truth and back to the story things were clear and what I love about this process is that as you clear the story and you start living more and more from your intent and that feeling sense that you got like I can do this I'll show up and I'll know what to do. You start yeah. to trust yourself more. You start to trust your own creativity and your own intuition. That if you're holding, mm. I want simplicity and I want contribution, then if something arises, you can feel into instead of going into the story of like, oh my God, what if this happens like it did before? And what if it doesn't work? And what if I'm making a mistake? Instead of going into that, you go into contribution. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's simple. I mm. want simple. Mm-hmm. And that you can then listen to your truth and your wisdom that will say yes. And you know, you'll, you'll work with whatever arises because that's your intent is to contribute. Mm-hmm. So it becomes less of, is this a good collaboration or not? As, right. Is this going to serve me? You get out of, I'm going to make the wrong decision or the right decision and back into, I'm contributing. Here's what I want. <sighs> it feels like this practice is, I mean, it's, I think it's something that can be practiced on an ordinary day when there's no drama. And I think it, it can be practiced when the bleep hits the fan. And because right now I feel like I conjured up a place where the bleep had hit the fan for me in the past and had been painful. And it's almost mm-hmm. like I activated deliberately. I threw a stone at my electric fence and I could feel the electricity of the like zap, 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 zap and the pain of the electric fence. And doing this process felt like it de-escalated the electric fence and it kind of deactivated, like it unplugged it somehow. So it's like, oh, there's a fence and it's protecting the jewels. And oh, this is how you, this is another way in. And oh, like it just, hallelujah, I'm loving this. (laughs) It's so beautiful. And the intent, the intent feels like, okay, now 
we can play. Like now we can do the stuff that we came here to friggin' do. We didn't come here just to be in the spin cycle or to just survive or to just get out of pain and then get back in pain and get out of pain and get back in pain. We came here to like create shit. Excuse my bleep. Bleep, bleep, bleep me. Bleep me, Louie. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm feeling so free now. I'm like cussing like a sailor. Okay. <laughs> so intent. Tell us more about that. I mean, in inside a Toltec shamanic perspective, I feel like intent doesn't mean what it means out in the ordinary world. Intent is like a very special word for creation. Can you speak into like what does intent mean to you? It is your absolute commitment. So one of the ways that Miguel differentiated, which I really liked, is that intention is, well, I'll get to it maybe. Mm. And your intent is, I will commit to this. I will put my energy, my attention, my focus to manifesting this. So we're, we're giving our word to ourselves that will follow through. Mm. And the other beautiful thing about intent is that there is our, what I think of as little I intent. There's my mm-hmm. desire of where I want to put my energy. And then there's also capital I intent, which is life's intent moving through us. Mm-hmm. And so there's this beauty that when we surrender and open, that we align with a larger intent that wants to support and guide us. And so mm-hmm. like your, your intent around contribution, if you now open and say, all right, universe, how do you want me to contribute? That force of intent will move through you and help you navigate in much more powerful ways than if you, little Kelly, is just trying to make it happen. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's like, I mean, there's so many courses out on the planet about how to manifest, how to make stuff happen, how to how to DIY. How to, and this is like how to make stuff happen, but from your capital I intent, your big soul self, mm-hmm. which is yes. not opposed to the universe. It's not like the universe is wanting you to zig, but you're wanting to zag. So you're split. It's like, no, lining up with the universe. That's like, well, I kind of wanted you to do this anyway. So let's like hold hands. I love this vision of the big self and the little self holding hands and walking through the forest and creating magic together not separate, but together. Mm. Mm, it's so beautiful. So and I really believe the universe wants us to claim our intent. It yeah. wants us to save, and then, then we can align. Ooh. Ooh, say more about that. So sometimes people will get into this place of like, well, I don't know what I want, so I'll just see what happens. I'll just let the universe decide. I'll let life decide. And I feel like life is like, Tell us what you want. We can help you. (laughs) And there's a way that, you know, one way you can look at the stories is like it's this ocean that when our stories are really big, we're just getting um, on a boat. We're just getting tossed around and we don't, we, Mm. the waves just tell us where we're going to go. And when you get clear on your intent, then you're able to steady the sails. And open the sail so the winds can come and move you. But you're saying, this is where I want to go. And the wind's saying, yes, let's do it. I can help you get there faster. Mm. I can help serve you. And it doesn't mean it's a straight line. 
Like just because you're right. doing something like the warrior heart practice doesn't mean there's not going to be challenges, that things aren't going to get difficult sometimes. But when you see a challenge, you're like, all right, here we go. Going through some rocky stuff or the waves are going to get big, but it's okay. I know where right. I'm going. You have a direction. So this is, to me, I feel like this is the spot that is worthy of its own book unto itself. Because this is like, I know for myself, I feel like I'm just now, after all these years of doing all the spiritual work that I've done, I feel like I'm just peeking over the cliff and I'm like, oh man, like the the notion of choosing where I want to go because in the past, when I chose where I wanted to go, I think I was choosing from my small self. And I feel like I got a little bit beat up. So I kind of went into this, okay, hands off, thy will be done. God, what do you want from me? I'm going to lose my will. I'm letting my will go. My will is thy mm-hmm. will. You mm-hmm. show me thy will, thy will, self-empty, God full, self-empty, God full. And now I feel like, oh, okay, wait a minute. So there is another place to be that is a higher place to be that doesn't mean it's like not creating from an empty place of God, I need to have this or I'm going to die. It's like, wow, it would be really fun to explore over that horizon. It would be really fun to to create this experience. And if the universe is lined up, then whoosh. And if the universe is like, uh-uh, honey, you're off track, then it's like, oh, okay, well, let's try this then. You know, it's like- That's a chance. Yeah, exactly. So this feels like it's standing on the tippy toes of what what has what's been out there before, at least from my perspective, because I feel like, honestly, I'm just now really seeing this. And it feels and it feels like it's all inside of this realm called intent with a capital I. And it's it's amazing. So what else can we do to like to get there? We just need to clear, clear the stuff up and then to be in intent. What else do we need to do to be able to be more solid in intent? <laughs> to be willing to make mistakes. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I know. Sorry about that. But it's <laughs> to be willing to learn as we go along mm-hmm. and, to, and to keep finessing, to keep, um, you know, one of my favorite stories, I had a teacher that told me, her father was a rocket scientist, that heat-seeking missiles are off target 99.5% of the time. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. That hilarious? But what they're constantly doing is adjusting. Mm. They're adjust. They know where they're going. They know what their intent is. Hit that object. Oh, my but God. But they're constantly adjusting and coming back to, that's where I'm going, where am I now? And I think this is why it's so important with the warrior heart practice, because you have your intent and then you go back to start rewriting the story and you end in the feeling chamber. And then when you go into your life, you're constantly going back to, let me adjust the story. Let me get clear with my North star again. Let me go back to the truth. Let me adjust the story. How am I feeling now that it's a dynamic process of navigating yourself. And in the beginning, what we do, and you're talking this experience, is that we have a challenge that arises and we tell ourselves a story about the challenge. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't have happened. I did something wrong. And we're, we're off. It's hard to, let me see if I can do it. Like, instead of making this quick adjustment of like, oops, that didn't work. Let me adjust. We're like yeah. going off course while we're going, I'm bad. They're bad. Life is unfair. Like whatever the content is, Mm -hmm. and we're going way off course. And then to correct ourselves, we usually whack. We, 
we judge ourselves, we do something really drastic to get ourselves to go a different direction. Oh my God. And what we want to learn to do is, you know what your intent is, you get into a situation and you adjust, you're like, oh, you know, this doesn't feel good. Okay, what do I need to do? Is there a story here? Is there a truth? Oh, there's a truth here. I did. Okay, let me adjust. Oh. oh wait, okay, now, and this is gentle, loving, like, sweetheart, I think we're a little off. Adjust. Adjust. Oh, my God. I'm so remembering the last time I was in Teo with Ginny Gentry, I got triggered yes. about something. And and I was talking about it. And she kept saying, that's your story. That's your story. Stop. And I was like, ah, God, I just want to get it out. Can I? And she's like, ah, like kept censoring. me. I was like, oh, and I realized later that was such a beautiful, gentle teaching. Like, no, Kelly, you're off. You're off. You're off. You're off. Come back. Come back to the truth. And God yeah, bless yeah. her. Thank you, Ginny. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Heather Ash Amara, you are amazing. The warrior heart practice just rocks my soul. It's a simple process to transform confusion into clarity and pain into peace. And your event with the, with this, with this, oh my God, I was going to say the source network, but no, tell us about the event that's coming up. It's not the source network. With the who is network. There you go. It's yeah. the ship. Maybe there's a, a source network that's coming up and they can find out all about that at heatherashamara.com. Yeah. Yes, and it's discover the four chambers of your heart, Toltec wisdom for getting out of pain, basically. So, on the, a lot are, of- oh my gosh, we have to wrap, but we'll, I'm going to have you back. We'll talk about this after. We'll talk more about this. <laughs> Heather Ashamara, thank you so much. Good luck with everything you're doing, and thank you for the warrior heart practice. Until we all meet again, don't take your dreams lying down. Sweet dreams. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on MindBodySpirit.fm, the podcast network in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. Contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.